Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Texas 24 Podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing on this fine morning? Good, man. How uh, How's the weather over there right now? We're in long-sleeve territory. Yes. I got my UTEP miners on. So. Oh, I got Bandera Bulldogs on. Oh, you're <laughs> repping, repping our boy Brady Keene over here. <laughs> Shout out Brady Keen, man. Yeah, no, it's it's long sleeve weather. We're here too. I was telling my dad, I think just like the whole like Texas, Louisiana, Alabama region, I think just got hit with like a whole cold front type thing where it's like yeah. 70, 75. It's great. Nice. All right. Well, first of all, I need to figure out how to get some Bandera Bulldogs gear too, because I don't know how how you're rocking something. I, I ain't got no gear. What's up with that, man? You just got to move out of state and then he feels bad and he's like, oh, okay, I'll send you something. <laughs> okay. That's that what happened? He didn't get it till you moved out? No. Yeah. 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 I didn't get it till I moved. I, I coached his, I coached this whole summer league team. I didn't get anything. Oh. <laughs> anything. Coaches JV summer league team. And all I got was a pat on the back, but you know, leave and there you go. Get a long sleeve. But shout out to Bandera basketball, um, which is which I guess is a good segue for um, the the progress of the magazine. If you want to yeah. talk about that, just how how it's coming, I I'll, I'll get into my conference USA section after that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's been really cool. Um, everybody's most we got most everybody back that's been contributing. Um, one of the things I can tease is that we have our first uh, high school future story. Uh, typically, we only do uh, recruiting. Uh, a girls and boys basketball recruiting story. Um, and this year we're adding an actual uh, high school feature. So that's one of the things we're adding this year. We're also adding a 40 under 40 for uh, both college and high school coaches. So that'll be something that'll be one of the uh, new things we actually announced probably on this show. Um, we're looking to reveal the cover October 11th. I uh, hope I have that date right. And yeah, it's been coming along, man. Just been chugging. Um, I'm writing some more uh, stuff than I usually have in, in the past. So um, I've actually really enjoyed that. Uh, we got our, we officially got the cover this week. Um, we've had it shot for a while, but we just got the uh, design and everything back. So it looks dope. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to, to reveal it. Um, but we're just trying to get some uh, last, uh, last minute stuff done. So. Yeah. And like I said, I did the conference to say section of it, which mm-hmm. Obviously is, you know, North Texas, Rice, UTEP, UTSA. Uh, I think, yeah, those are our four Texas teams. And uh, without giving away too much, I'm just, I'm really interested, especially on the women's side, just because I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of potential with UTEP and North Texas, especially to have those kind of years, those opportunities now that Rice is a a little rebuild. I I still think Rice is going to be good, but with Rice rebuilding a little bit, the, the, there's at least a path for North Texas mm-hmm. and UTEP to, you know, take their shot and, uh, you know, maybe make a run in this, but we get into that in, in the, in the magazine as well. Uh, I give my, uh, projected conference USA standings in there, which I think will be interesting to people, uh, to get to know the conference better. And mm-hmm. then on the men's side, 
it was uh, interesting because it's it's a year where the Conference USA West, for those who've been following Conference USA, know, you know, UAB and La Tech are going to be really, really good. So it's like, where does UTEP, Rice, North Texas, how do they kind of compare to them and how can they, uh, you know, steal, you know, all they all you have to do is make a run in the tournament, right? That's what North sure. Texas did last year. You know, Rice and, or um, UAB and La Tech finished above them in the standings, but the whole time we knew North Texas was capable. So, you know, yeah. it's kind of building that trust and building that foundation, especially for like a UTSA and UTEP uh, programs. And then Rice returns a lot. So I'm interested to see how they, how they play as well. One thing that I thought was really interesting and I'm not going to give it away here, but mm-hmm. uh, is, is you have me do the top five Texas players not playing in Texas. And that yeah. required a good amount of, of research. <laughs> I, let's just say I spent a couple of nights on, on the, on the men's and then the, and the women's ones. Cause it was like, I, I was so scared of missing somebody the whole time. It was yeah, like, all right, we, we, uh, we that was something Timmy, we did. And then who mm-hmm. else is after that? Right. We, we like, I like to, that was something we do in the, in the football magazine where we, we look at players when we cover conferences or whatever, we look at players that don't play for Texas. Cause typically if there's a conference that has a Texas team or something or, or something, they have that conference recruits Texas, obviously. And so it gives us an opportunity to shine a light on some players that we're not going to hit on because they're not playing for UTEP or, you know, Texas or whatever. Um, but they're probably doing good. They're probably doing work. Right. Like it, it, it it's weird to me how, like, you know, how essentially we wouldn't talk about a Tyrese Maxey, right. Cause he played yeah. for Kentucky, but it's like, okay, well, this is, this would be a chance to highlight somebody like that. Somebody like a, um, I'm trying to think of the guy, uh, Damian Collins who went to Atlanta high school and now plays for Kentucky. So it, it would give us a chance to highlight those type of talents um and we did it in football and so like that's that was kind of one of my goals when i was doing the football magazine this year i was like ah this is when i because i did the sunbelt preview for the football um and so when i was looking those players up i was like ah, this is something that's really easily translatable to basketball especially because texas is uh becoming a, a just a heavily recruited basketball state in addition yeah. to football yeah no especially like the dfw area houston area i mean those things are that the, the women's top five might be better than the men's top five like right obviously you have drew timmy there who's like all right yeah he's great but sure. i mean the, that women top five was tough because then i had four honorable mentions after that and i was just like oh um, i don't know if i can leave her out and mm-hmm. that was uh that was that was tough but that was a fun exercise though that's for yeah. sure i i feel like i I didn't miss anybody. So that's what I'm happy about. That was my only concern because I, I, I went like nine, 10 deep on both sides just to nice. make sure. Just to make sure you got some. I was like, here ish, you know, if you want to swap out this one for that one, you can do that. You know, you're the man <laughs> in charge, but here you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll continue to get more into the magazine as the uh, release date and the covered release date approaches. But until then um, we're going to have y'all covered with, some in, some fun stuff on the podcast for for this week and the coming weeks until we start getting into full preview mode, and so I don't think we have any like breaking news or hard news or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, really. But we have a couple games here. First one we're gonna do is on the spot, and it's something that I just made up and I texted Ish the, the topics like two minutes before we started, so <laughs> refreshing his head. The first one, uh, we'll talk men's basketball first, and then we'll shift to women, uh, women's basketball on, on the last one. On, but on the men's basketball side, 
more improved Texas Tech or TCU ish? Who are you taking? Oh, more improved Texas Tech or TCU. So I think I'm going to go Tech because I don't think it's that much to. I think it helps keeping uh, Coach Adams and coaching, keeping that system in place. And I think what they brought in slash kept from last year is it fills a lot of a lot of holes i think uh you bring in somebody obviously we mentioned bryson williams you bring in somebody who uh, kind of a force who hasn't that type of player hasn't really been at texas tech in a while we mentioned that before uh scoring inside presence you bring back obviously Terrence shannon you bring back kevin mcculler you br- you have uh marco San- marcus santos silva yep. you have these guys who I think fit what you want to do and maybe fill some holes better to me than TCU who add some interesting pieces, right? I mean, Michael Peavy played for, obviously played for Texas tech. Uh, you bring in somebody like a Shahada Wells for you from UTA. I think Jacoby Coles is going to be a good addition, a uh, former Den guy, but I don't, I, there's just so much, so many question marks to me with TCU heading into this year that with Texas tech, I think, Tech, there's a better chance that Texas Tech is just as good as they were last year, maybe even slightly better with some continuity than TCU. Yeah, the continuity is the big thing here because I think Texas Tech is just going to be able to defensively stay in games and everything. And I think their their ceiling is a bit higher than last year because I feel like last year they were kind of a, a low-ceiling team in a lot of sure, ways. Sure. And so when you look at this roster, I mean, you mentioned Bryson Williams. I think Kevin O'Banner from uh, Oral Roberts is a big mm-hmm. addition for them in the front court. So O'Banner and Williams there gives them a nice scoring punch in the front court. Uh, Shannon Beck is huge. I think he's going to get better. Uh, McCuller as well, I think he's going to improve. And then I think on the bench, it helped that I was able to cover TCU for like a month during the offseason so I was doing like player uh previews for them on the basketball side and so like said uh Sadar I can't I don't know if I say his name but Sardar uh Sardar I'm gonna say Sadar Calhoun mm-hmm. um transfer and Adonis Arms transfer uh those are both guards that I think are really going to help them scoring wise and this could be like one of the better scoring Texas Tech teams that we've seen in a while so with that being said and this was a team that what finished seventh in the bit in the big 12 last year six i don't remember Uh, some some, one two three four five six 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 in the big 12 last year i think that there is a real possibility that they jump to the top four pretty i think there's a really good possibility for that tcu i think talent wise and this is what made it tough for me and that's why i asked it because talent wise i think tcu is going to be significantly better than last year Hmm? but it's putting it together that i don't know because like shahada wells is kind of a ball dominant score first guard. Mike Miles showed was really good in Team USA this this off season, but like those two playing together is going to interest me. Then you got and you add Emmanuel Miller from AM. You're like, all right, he's really good, but then you go, all right, he has to play next to Chuck O'Bannon and Micah Peavy, Jacoby Coles, and it's like, hey, the up the 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 upside of this team is really high. Like, mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say really high, but I think they can you know make some noise a little bit in the Big Twelve. Sure. I think so. I think, I think you look at, um, I was looking at the standings too. And I have one other transfer I forgot to mention was Davion Warren for, uh, who was from, from Hampton who came into Texas tech and he's like a 19 point per game score, you know, it's Hampton, but still, you know, that shows somebody who's capable of scoring, um, at a decent level, just add depth. I was looking at the standings and 
yeah, like I wonder, like, so you look at TCU, right? They finished eighth. And I wonder, I look at the teams that were ahead of them and I don't see much room for them to improve. So you look at Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Let's just stop there. Maybe they get better than Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State loses the best player, you know, one of the best players in the country. Oklahoma, maybe. I don't know what they look like under Porter Mosier. Um, probably not better than Tech. Definitely not better than West Virginia. And then I'm not even going to get into to Texas, Kansas, Baylor because, you know, I don't think there's that's the next level. And so I could see Tech getting better than Oklahoma State and getting better than West Virginia or at least on par with West Virginia. Yeah. I can't see a TCU maybe better than Oklahoma, but again, I don't know what Porter Mosher's team is going to look like. Yeah. But then that's where it stops, right? I, I can yeah. see Tech maybe jumping two spots um, in the Big 12 standings if they hit their ceiling. I can see TCU maybe jumping one or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Oklahoma State was so young, even outside of, of Kate Cunningham last year, they're going to return yeah. a lot and be talented. It's like... Because for TCU, it's not just going to be – I mean, like I said, it's not just going to be talent. It's going to be figuring out how these guys are going to play together. And it's not going to be easy to just gel. Right. I don't care, you know, if they have two months, three months, four months, how long they have to prepare. You're going against teams that have continuity. Oklahoma State, I think Oklahoma returns a good amount of players. Um, I mean, most of the teams you mentioned that return a good amount of players. Or if not – and they're adding players like Texas and mm-hmm. Baylor. They're adding players that are better than, you know, some of the players TCU added. So uh, Big 12 is, is you know, it's a basketball conference in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah. it's not, if TCU maybe was in the SEC or something like that, maybe you could have some conversations about them, you know, being, being better than A&M and stuff like that. But uh, this is the Big 12, and so that's why I'm I'm taking Texas Tech. But I do like the talent. I at least like the talent TCU added. So this is going to be an interesting year for TCU because after this year, you start to reach like ultimatum territory with with Jamie Dixon. Um, for what it's worth, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bartovic.com, but they have their projections up for 2021, 2022, and they have TCU basically around the same spot. So, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what I think the ceiling is for that TCU team. But I'm I'm really interested to see Texas Tech. Really interested yeah. to see them. Um, all right, next, more likely to regress, Houston or Baylor? Two Final Four teams here, obviously yeah. with a good amount of turnover. We know, you know, Houston lost Dejan Giroux and um, Quentin Grimes. Baylor lost mm-hmm. their best backcourt. Um, but both return a couple of starters both ways. I mean, Marcus Sasser, Jamal Mark, you know, Fabian White, Baylor mm-hmm. returns, uh, Matthew Mayer, Adam Flagler, Jonathan Chamachachua, and uh, Flo Thamba, just mm-hmm. off the top of my head. So who you got? I'm going to say most likely, I'm going to say Baylor because I don't want, and I don't want to make it sound like Baylor is going to fall far but again that's a national title team right that's the national champions it would not shock me if baylor you know where they finished last year in the big they they won the regular season and then they finished i guess they lost in the semis or quarters semis semis. um i don't know i wouldn't be surprised to see them finish third in the big 12 um you know if thing you know their floor is probably around fourth 
I think what, you know, West Virginia is always kind of a wild card because they're always going to be there, but you never really know where their ceiling is going to be. Yeah. So like, you know, the third or fourth, I could see, but them still being a pretty good team. I don't see Houston falling further than third in the AC, AAC, right? I think they're going to be one of the top two, maybe three teams in the AAC, no matter what. Um, and just because Baylor lost, the, the problem with the Baylor is they lost the, that front, that backcourt was so talented and so deep that like it's hard to replace that, right? James Akinjo, I think, comes in from uh, Arizona and he's going to help, right? But you know, 15 point per game score is definitely going to help. But it, you had 15 point per game scores basically like in like too deep on your yeah, <laughs> last yeah, everywhere. year. Right, exactly. So like, you know, Adam Flagler now has to be a starter instead of a sixth man. You know, Matthew Mayer has to be a, a starter instead of a role player. So, you know, I think naturally I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Baylor kind of regress more just because, again, I think the AAC is slightly down this year. I don't want to say top, as far as like the top is concerned. I think it's Memphis, Houston, and then kind of a hodgepodge in the middle and then everybody else versus the Big 12, which, you know, there's always going to be three-ish, four-ish teams in in contention. Yeah, this is is really tough for me. This is way tougher than the last one Um, because both these teams, you look at them, like Houston lost Quentin Grimes go-to scorer and Baylor mm-hmm. lost their three go-to scorers. Right. right. So both of these teams and knowing their coaches are going to have to start with defense, you know, start with rebounding, start with what they've always been doing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to trust Baylor to return to that, like 2019 form a little bit more, just where it was mm-hmm. like almost, you know, defense, defense, almost exclusively and right. to just bank on that and just like, we'll score whenever we can, whenever we will. And I think mayor and Flagler and company will score enough to win games, but Houston, I'm worried that I don't know just because of how pivotal Quentin Grimes was last year for them. Sasser was so inconsistent. I know you had Kyler Edwards, but like, other than that, I mean, a lot of these are returners in Tremont, Mark, Reggie Chaney, Fabian White, Jamal Sheed, Mm-hmm. And I don't really trust them. So I think there's a chance Houston. Yes. I think Houston, I think you're right with the, con- as far as the conference standings go, I think that they have a much better chance of finishing top two than Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if we're just looking at, I don't even want, I don't, I don't even want to say a final four run or anything like that, but like Houston making the sweet 16, I feel like their ceiling is like just significantly lower this year. And sure um where Baylor I don't expect them to make a final four this year but mm-hmm. you know I think there's at least a possibility where they could um reach somewhat of the potential they had last year so I'm gonna go Houston here just because I'm scared of their offense yeah I think that when you lose somebody like a Giroux who initiates yes. so much because I mean that offense wasn't pretty right but yeah. what they did initiate it was Giroux and it was Grimes getting getting things done and so you have somebody like Tremont Mark is probably going to be asked to initiate the offense and you know he's more of a scorer um and when you have that type of player as your scoring uh scoring option or your primary score as well as your initiator you kind of want him to be more efficient than he was last year um I think he will get better I think he has the size and I've always liked Tremont Mark I was really disappointed that he never got to play in that state title game um uh because his year was his senior year was canceled because of COVID but um I do. I, I am intrigued by what 
a Houston offense like initiated by him looks like, because I think that he flashed some in the tournament, but he also flashed some of his shot selection issues. Um, and I think that also didn't help again. It, it didn't help that Houston as a whole had a lot of shot selection issues outside of Quentin Grimes, basically, or somebody setting, getting set up by Dejan Giroux. So I could see them struggling, but I just think that when you look at the standings, I just feel that there's more problems and problems for Baylor because one of the guys that we haven't mentioned was Kendall Brown, who comes in a five-star recruit is probably going to be thrusted right into the, you know, potentially maybe the starting lineup um, just because of, I I don't feel like you can play, you know, uh, Thamo Chachua and Flo Thamo together. And so like, you know, you probably have one of those guys come off the bench, probably put Kendall Brown uh, there and Matthew Mayer at the four or at the, at the three, excuse me. Um, and see what you do there. Maybe at maximize as much length as you have. So there's something intriguing there, depending on how quick he gets up to speed. Um, but I think that I just like the top of the Big 12 a little too much to where Baylor is just going to be hanging just outside of that. Yeah. I think that they'll they'll be that team that up that that knocks like you know you mentioned 2019. I think of that Kansas game right where they just completely shut things down and like they. I think they're going to have some games like that potentially, but. I think when it comes to consistently punching up and dominating the lower teams, dominating the mid-tier teams that they did the past couple of years, I think that's going to be where it changes a bit. Yeah. And I think these are two top 25 teams. Yeah, um, easily. I'm just, I mean, you look at Houston's, I was just scrolling through the, you know, the last four years basically. And it's just like, all right, number 22, number 12, number 23. And then last year, number three. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's a, great program over there and so i'm interested to see how they adjust and how they continue to i'm gonna go out on a limb again say marcus sasser is gonna have uh, a really good year uh hope i think off ball he's gonna be really really good and then you know when he gets on the ball a little bit more this year i'm excited sure. to see it all right next who are you taking right now better team if they played at this moment obviously um what are we a month before the season even starts? So they, yeah. they don't even know what they look like, but we're <laughs> going to guess uh, UTEP or rice. Who, who do you give, got? give me UTEP? Give me UTEP. I'm saying because, and it's not just because I'm wearing the shirt or that we yeah. had, uh, <laughs> you just, it's not you just, just a trip over there to El Paso. I don't know, it's not because I just took a trip to El Paso, picked up a minors basketball shirt or that we had Joe Golding on, but <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think that what they have and their problems last year, I just think Joe Golding solves that, right? I think that you had a team that freelanced a lot, that relied, tried to rely on just like natural talent a lot. And I think it starts there with the baseline. I think they're a more talented team, right? I think they just have guys like Sule Boom, Keontae Kennedy, um, uh, 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 Jamal Biennemi. I think they just have more talent in general that just needs more direction. And so... I don't think they're, they're obviously they're not going to be exactly the same as last year. Cause you have Joe Golden coming in, who's going to uh, establish more of a defensive identity. And I think that that's going to play in their favor because I think that this is a team that is full of players who, do, who have basically probably since high school have just dominated off sheer athletic ability and sheer skill. Um, and I think that when you have players like that, you just need somebody to harness and, point that in a direction right i think that yeah. that they're they're not players who have typically uh, you know thrived off defense right and not saying they can't defend but just saying they never had to right they're just so good on offense that it didn't matter and so now 
Okay, now you saw the issues with that team last year was that they're playing against co- obviously college players who are coached, probably coached better, probably developed a little differently. And you have a guy coming in who's going to say, okay, now we're going to initiate this guard press and we're going to use our athleticism to uh, our benefit on defense to get in transition. And then you guys can show what you guys are made of. And so I just, I don't know. I think from when you look at the fact that to me, UTEP's just more talented in general. Now having a coach that is specializes on the other end of the ball, the other end of the, uh, of the court, it's just going to help these guys even more. Yeah. The, the whole time you were talking, I was debating in my head. So I was just hoping that you kept talking because I don't even know if I have an answer right now. The thing with Rice last year, mm-hmm. and I watched them play a lot, and I watched them play in person at the Conference Tuesday tournament. I watched them beat Southern Miss. I watched them beat Marshall in the Conference Tuesday tournament. I shocked them and then hang around with UAB. And so they had a really good tournament. Um, and they returned basically everybody, right? They returned their their backcourt evie olivari chef they returned their five starters there's right. basically their six best players i think i looked at their uh um recruiting and i think the only i think they brought in like two players like that's mm-hmm. it so it's basically the same team as last year so sure it's that old you know conversation you want to have it's like you know you return everybody but how much is you know how much of that do you want back and i think sure. evie olivari fiedler are all really solid players but I'm gonna, man, I'm gonna go with UTEP. I'm gonna go with UTEP. I just don't, I just don't trust them to get st- stops under Scott Para. I don't trust them to be consistent. I don't trust them. I mean, there's games where they can go out and you know beat Marshall last year, but then there's games where they get blown out by what is this, 44 to Louisiana Tech. I remember that mm-hmm. last year. So they're just not consistent enough. And I think UTEP under Joe Golding will at least be consistent on the defensive side of the ball. And they have enough scoring to um, bother them. I think if they played a three game series, I'm taking U- I'm taking UTEP two one. And uh, even though rice in theory has a little bit more continuity, you know, same coach, same team, sure. you know, some scoring you return with Evie Olivari. And I like Fiedler as a player, but I just I can't buy it until you show me that you're better than a six and ten team in Conference USA. Right. I think the thing for me with Rice was that the only games, and I mean like I know this is just the way they play under Para, the only games they won is when they went off from three. Like that was the only games. Like, and even the games that they didn't shoot poorly from three, they lost because they couldn't get stops. And so, you know, they're gonna shoot 20 plus threes, right? That's just how they play. And I mean, you look at you look, I'm looking at the game against Old Dominion, 14 of 42 from three. Yeah. <laughs> and they had they won that one, right? But even a game against UAB, they lose by 13, but they shot nine of 18 from three. Right. Yeah. So like they shoot, they shoot, they can shoot, but like they need to shoot incredibly well to win these games. And when you bring back basically that same roster, you know that's going to result in some upsets naturally, right? When you're decently, yeah. when you're a decent shooting team, I'm trying to look at, if, uh, trying to look at their numbers from last year as a, as a team. Uh, when you're a decent shooting, yeah, 65th in the country in three point percentage. Like, so, okay, that's pretty good. That's middle, that's middle to upper tier of the country. And so of course you're going to knock off some good teams. If you just go off and shoot 40 plus a night when you're jacking 30, right. Jacking 33s, but you know, they didn't force turnovers. They didn't really do a good job of holding the ball themselves. Um, 
and they didn't get stops. You mentioned it, right? They gave up 35.8% from three, right? That's 273rd in the country, right? So I think when you, again, when I look at uh, UTEP's problems defensively, so I look at, they were 159th in effective uh, field goal defense, right? I think that's going to change. Because Scott, because you bring in somebody like Joe Golding, whose job it is to stop that. Uh, they forced a lot of turnovers, which I think that's only going to get better. Um, and they didn't shoot the ball well, which I think, again, Joe Golding is somebody who's going to come in. And when you force more turnovers, his is his, his, part of his system is all about getting out in transition. So that's going to naturally help your uh, field goal percentage. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that things are solved a lot easier with just Joe Golding coming in and realizing because the other thing that really surprised me i think christian shulin was the and bryson williams were the only guys that left utep and i think that to me that showed joel golding and granted some of them might have been typically when transfers happen you know it's it's a lot of like mutual consent you know like a a coach is like ah you don't really work for me players like you don't really work for me you know gonna split up the fact that he held on to a lot of these guys showed that he saw something there right he didn't bring in a lot of transfers he didn't bring in a lot of uh, which is something you see we were saying with Chris Beard at Texas, you know, they brings in a bunch of guys that tries to, he didn't bring in anybody really. And so I think that he saw that this team had talent and they just need to be pointed in a certain direction. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that UTEP has just far fewer questions that need answering for me. Yep, exactly. Now let's flip to the women's side real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, more likely to make a sweet 16, Texas A&M or Baylor. <sighs> yeah, this one's interesting because, of course, Baylor is a new head coach. <laughs> new head coach, um, new team, basically, except basically for the best player team. in the country. Right. So, but also, I mean, for the first time in a while, Texas A&M probably has the better coach, right? So, like, so is it, it's Gary Blair magic versus just kind of Baylor prestige. And I wonder, man. For me, for me, this is Go just Gary Blair versus Melissa Smith. And it's a super <laughs> weird way of looking at it. Yeah, right, that's right. just how I've been looking at it. It's just like, I I don't know. I, I On one hand, you got Melissa Smith. On the other hand, right. you have Gary Blair. And I think in women's basketball, it's been proven just how much a coach matters. I think coaching in women's basketball is just, I mean, co- coaching in men's basketball too. But I mean, t- to me, just I feel like there's a lot that Gary Blair just, there's a lot of games Gary Blair just wins because he just outcoaches the other team in a lot of sure. situations here. Sure, Kim sure. Mulkey did that as well, um, obviously. Um, and so changing coaches is interesting. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to roll with Baylor here. Uh, there's it's, it's going to be tough, but I think you at least have a foundational point in Melissa Smith that I, that I trust. So I that's think I'm. so too, because I, I did forget about um, Jamie Asbury and Jordan Lewis, who are two transfers coming into Baylor yeah. um, to capable scoring transfers i believe they both average about over 15 points a game um around four three four five assists a game so that helps a lot of the problems with the backcourt which was their issue last year right was they didn't have anybody who really initiated that backcourt compared to previous years um to where dd richards had to do a lot of that work and so i think i think i'm gonna go with baylor as well because also when you look at a&m it was a lot of committee, right? And so you you don't have India Jones anymore. You don't have Aaliyah Wilson anymore. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, and so you're it's it's you know I think Jordan Nixon will be fine. I think Kayla Wells will be good, obviously. 
uh, Destiny Pitts hopefully will be healthy and, and good to go uh, for most of the year. So, you know, AM is not going to be nothing, but I think that Nikki Collin, I think it does help with Nikki Collins' prestige coming from the WNBA that she was able to get somebody like a Jim, Jamie Asbury. Um, and uh, uh, I, th- I think they kept hold of Jordan Lewis because um, mm-hmm. uh, I think she came in uh, later. Um, or I think she came in before uh, uh, Mulkey left. But um, I think when you add those players, I think you're okay. I think Baylor's okay to out-talent enough people to um, – make their way there and the other thing is i don't know if the rest of the big 12 is quite here that uh, quite there yet um i think tech will be good i think vivian gray coming back to tech is a big thing um but i don't and i think texas turns over a little too much so yeah i don't know i, th- I think it'll be interesting to um i think it'll be interesting to kind of see where that goes but i think that baylor um, uh, I, I think Baylor, I think Baylor will be okay. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, until Jordan Nixon for AM just starts, you know, dropping 30 a game. Like she did. Yo, the, she the comes old, in just like, if she, if she comes in and just starts putting on those tournament performances, every watch out, you know, watch out. Cause that, I mean, again, we talked about that last year. That was the issue with AM was that they just, they were so by committee yeah. that, they just kind of, I don't know, they, they didn't have anybody until she stepped up in the way that she did in that tournament game. So that was this is the only game of the season where she scored over 21 points. Just right. what a game that was. <laughs> I loved the, every moment of that game. So much fun. Shout out to And them. never forget, Justin called that. Yeah, they, Justin did call it. Shout out, Justin. <laughs> um, well, all right. That's all we have for on the spot. Uh, yeah. let's let's get to the second um. I guess you'd call it game or rankings. I guess we now we can get into yeah. ranking the top 10 men's basketball backcourts in Texas. I have 11 here. So someone's going to get left off here. Yeah. In my mind, I think I have an idea of who, but uh, here, let me run through the teams real quick and then mm-hmm. we can start putting them together. Do we want to have to agree on them? Ooh. Do, do we have to have like a DCTB? basketball or backcourt rankings or do we just do the Bra- brainstorm on the uh, let's 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 go let's go with the right let's go with the rank uh, collective ranking oh god that makes it so much more okay i know right let's, let's do it okay so here are the candidates or here's the 11 team pools i guess um smu kendrick davis zach nuttall rice travis evie quincy olivari houston marcus sasser kyler edwards tcu shahada wells mike miles texas tech kevin mcculler and terrence shannon Texas, Marcus Carr, Courtney Ramey, and Andrew Jones. Baylor, James Akinjo, and Adam Flagler. UNT, uh, North Texas. Tyler Perry, Marjorie McBride. UTEP, Sule Boom, Keonta Kennedy, Jamal Biennemi. Texas State, Mason Harrell, Caleb Asbury, Shelby Adams. Uh, UT Arlington, Javon Levi, and uh, David Azori. So those are the 11. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we have one that we're just going to put first and we feel comfortable with? Because I don't texas i was gonna say i think it's texas, texas. one texas i one, think you right. just look at texas because you have courtney i think courtney ramey's gonna be the initiator of that offense yeah i think andrew jones obviously is there too and then you add marcus carr like i, I don't know i think that that i think i think i would have won ramey jones anyway even if they didn't yes. have Carr. um and so you add just a scoring punch like Carr to that and i think it, i i feel pretty comfortable if mm. 
if SMU, if Kendrick Davis and Zach Nuttall, if they were in, if they were at like TCU or something like that, like in a Big Twelve. If I ha- here's here's where here's where I'm because I, I'm like I'm just like you. I'm a fan of that backcourt. If we had five games of them together, I just want to know what it looks like. Right, that's my thing. It's I like started thinking about the defense when you started talking. On paper, I was like, "Oh, this is fun. This is real cool." If we just had five games oh, of film of them together, like that, that then I would have. Then I would, because I'll tell you, I think I have them fourth right now. Okay. I haven't even um, gone through the rankings in my head, so you're way ahead so of me. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like lightly. Well, because I was like putting together my one. Yeah. So I think, I, I think we agree on Texas one. Yeah, Texas one. Um. All right, the second tier. Yeah, go for it. Because I think there's a tier drop off from there. Sure. So we go SMU. I think Texas Tech. I don't know at, where where are you going. Where at that at that two? Yeah, or for where two. You, where you, for for two. two, I think it would be Texas Tech. Okay, I think when you look at, uh, and for, you, I think I, I think Terrence those, Shannon's obviously the guy. Like, uh, yeah. obviously, you look at uh, just caliber of player in general. I think that you have to look at Terrence Shannon next as the next guy. But there's also some. I mean, you know, we talk about how much we like Terrence Shannon. There's some projection going on, right? He's not a guarantee to be the yes. next guy, but I think we just anticipate him being the next guy. I think he could be, but there yeah. is some projection, a little bit of projection going on. Yes, I mean, there's a reason. I mean, he entered in the draft, and a lot of people thought he'd be a first-round pick or late first, and he ended up, you know, he probably wouldn't have even been a early second. I mean, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of improvement. I think he he needs to have this year. And not for nothing, think about Tech. I didn't include, like, I don't think McCuller or Shannon are point guards. Sure. You look at their roster, and it's literally just 6'4", 6'6", 6'7", 6'6", 6'6". It's like... I don't know who's going to play point guard for them. Like, right, right. They have a couple 6'3 dudes, but like uh, Sardar Calhoun is like 6'5. Like they have a bunch of wings basically. So I'm like, I put McCuller and Shannon as the backcourt just because those are the two that I know are going to be there. So if they add a point guard in there somewhere, um, maybe we'll look back on this and be like, oh, we, we can add him. But mm-hmm. no, I, I, that I don't know. Was there any thought? Because now I'm looking at it. Shahada Wells, Mike Miles, just because Mike Miles lit it up in Conference USA, or I'm sorry. On Team USA, not Conference mm-hmm. USA, oh, um, and he was a All Big Twelve. I mean, what third team, something like that, or like All that, Freshman yeah. team? I think they, mm-hmm. I think they give Tech a little bit of run for their money there at the, for the two spots. That's not bad. It, if Shahada Wells ends, I was about up to say, I was about to say Shahada Wells making the jump from Sun Belt to Big Twelve is a huge deal, but yeah. I think he's capable of. I think I would. I think I would keep Tech. Just because I think we know. All right, so we're going TCU three, or SMU three, or you going SMU? You have SMU four, you said. I mean, man. Or do you have somebody else? Oh, did you have Houston in here? I was about to say Houston, man. I think Kyler Edwards with Marcus Sasser. Hmm. Because you know, with with Houston, we we you know we we were asking earlier, like who initiates with you know with Tremont Mark kind of taking. I think Kyler Edwards might be that guy. <laughs> And I, I think, think you could add Tremont Mark to the depth of that. Yeah. I am scarred from 
picking I know your cigar. I had Marcus Sasser. You had you thought you had him hitting that that ceiling in the tournament. I was like, Marcus Sasser is going to go off in the tournament, man. He's going to be the the X factor because I didn't think they were going to score enough points to get to the final four. But I thought right Sasser was going to be the one. He was going right. to start shooting lights out, and then he just does nothing the entire tournament, and they didn't need right. him. Right. So I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't bank on him here while I'm watching Mike Miles in France or wherever they were playing and just light yeah. it up for Team USA. Right. I mean, I, oh, that's tough. But then you have Kendrick Davis and Zach Nuttall here. Oh my gosh. This three spot is hard. TCU, SMU, or Houston here. So you're going Houston, then SMU, then TCU? Because I'm so. going, I'm going, I think T- so. I'm going TCU, SMU, Houston. Okay. So then we so, can agree on TCU third. And then we have SMU or Houston at five. Let's go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I'll, I'll oh man, man. Are we missing anybody? No, I don't think we are. No, there's a clear drop off, I think, after this. I mean, James Akinjo and Adam Flagler are good. I mean, I think the next spot goes. I think. I mean, this might be my bias. I think Texas State's in the next spot. Wait, wait at which spot? Six. The, after after we get to after we get okay, these three, six. yeah. So that's six. Because they bring back basically that backcourt that won the Sun Belt. We didn't even settle on who was four and who was five. I know, right? I'm putting so SMU. So you got TCU, uh, SMU four. <laughs> SMU is going four. Houston's going five. <laughs> so we have Texas okay. Tech. TCU, SMU, Houston. Those are the top okay. five. At six, this the man from Texas State wants Texas State. That's a, I mean, I think it's Texas. They return a backcourt that won the Sun Belt. Basically, yeah. is what is where that goes. They do, they do. And they, they do. have they bring back uh, first team All Conference, uh, um, uh, Mason Harrell. I'm, so, I'm actually cool with that now. Yeah. Now the only thing, mm. who do you have? Who would you have there? Who do you yeah, think? Yeah, no, it's it's. Woof, woof. Do we what do we know about UT Arlington, Javon Javon Levi? So Javon Levi, I think that's a decent backcourt. Javon Levi and David Azor. Um, for those that are that are wondering, um, I think it. I'm curious about Javon Levi because he didn't play great last year for UTRGV. Granted, there was a lot of things obviously going on with that program, yeah. with their, um, of course, off the court. But I do wonder if he can hit that if he can hit that form from a couple years ago where he's leading the country in assists and diming everything, I think they got something going. I do wonder – I just – I do wonder about that a little bit, right? I think – I I would not be surprised to see him on this list, but I think just right now it's okay, – I think yeah, Texas State's six. Yeah. So. Um, mm, I'm just going through these teams right now. And Texas State, I I, I like the backcourt. Shelby Adams, Um, I don't know if he we even need to have him on. Do you think we need to have him, like – I think, yeah, I think okay. so. I think he's definitely part of that. Okay. So Harold Asbury Adams. Okay. Yeah. This is going to sound crazy considering what we had just talked about 15 minutes ago. Oh God, here we go. What's going on? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Travis Evie and Quincy Olivari are, are really solid players. Yeah. Like really good players, like six average 16 and 13 each. I mean, so combined 29 points between them a game. Uh, they can just score the ball again, no defense, not really much <laughs> passing, but they are really, really solid players here. I mean, there was a point where I had Travis easy probably as like 
a top three guard in Conference USA or top four guard in Conference USA. Like that's how good he was playing to start the conference play. He tailed off at the bit at the end. Yeah. But those two are really good scorers here. So are you are you are you dissing are you dissing Adam Flagler right now? Oh, you're the one that has you didn't even okay. All right, we're going Texas State six, Baylor I think, seven. I think Baylor seven. I think you yeah. go, you had you had Adam Flagler, which by the way, I, I was looking at his per 40 because obviously it's hard to project with a sixth man, but mm-hmm. his per 40 is 16 points a game. You know, I don't think he'll shoot 45%, but you know, I think he'll shoot better than 40 from the floor. Um and I think we can, I mean, like he's six, eight, but I think we can maybe add Matthew Mayer to that as well. That rotation a bit. You cannot. No, I'm not adding him to the backcourt. You're not adding, I'm not adding him to the backcourt. <laughs> this is where I draw the line right here. Ish. We are not adding six foot eight, six foot nine, probably. Matthew you just can't list him as a guard. What do you mean? I don't, I don't care. I don't care. We're not adding him to the backcourt. This is called too right. far. This is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. We'll uh, keep Matthew Mayer off the <laughs> off the backcourt. <laughs> Baylor fans know that I count Matthew Mayer as a guard. <laughs> Matthew Mayer point forward. Oh all right. So, and either way, I like Flagler, like a Kendra. I think that was a good addition from them. Uh, they have a really good score out of the out of the uh, Pac-10. So, or Pac-12, Pac-10. Jesus, that was like over ten years ago. Yeah, um, so either way, I think that's I think that's seven. Uh, we have four spot, three spots for four teams. I haven't even mentioned my alma mater, North Texas. And um, I've talked about almost, I mean, we talked about UTEP already and mm-hmm. uh, we covered them earlier. So we have UTEP, Boom, Kennedy, Biennemi, UTA, Levi, and Azor, um, Rice, and Evie, and Olivari, and North Texas, and Tyler Perry, and Mardres McBride. I think mm-hmm. there's a good chance. I think there's a legitimate chance that Mardres McBride might be the best player of any of the players I just named this coming season. Like the track record for North Texas guards or North Texas players really in their second year mm-hmm. out of junior college has just been like unreal. Like they just take such a big step forward. James Reese, um, mm-hmm. Javion Hammond was good as soon as he stepped in. So whatever, but you know, James right. Reese, um, I think there's a comparable, I think he's like, he, he's comparable to James Reese, except mm-hmm. he can put on the floor a lot better than what Reese did last year. And um, I think there's just, a, there's a lot of possibilities that he could re- really have a breakout year with North Texas and Tyler Perry, for those who don't know, which I don't think many people should know about him because I, I mean, only did. He's, uh, he's Medea, right? Uh, because I covered uh, North Texas. He's from. Uh, Medea, is Medea's day off or Medea's goes to jail or whatever. Tyler Perry. Oh, Tyler Perry. Okay. I get it now. See, so you yes. missed my joke, man. All right. Never mind. Move on. Yeah, what are you going to make? Old. You're old, man. You're old. <laughs> um i think i remember that when i was like when i was waiting in in the in the waiting room for like the doctor or something when i was like five or something that was all right on. don't tell me all right come on now i was don't like jesus man. <laughs> right and I, these references anyways tyler perry uh he's a really good scorer he's gonna start at point guard for them and um he filled it up in junior college i watched a lot of him play he's gonna be really solid i compare him to maybe like a i think he can get on that like I mean, I don't know right off the gates, but I think he has the talent of like a uh, Travis Evian, Sule Boom. I think he talent-wise, he's on that level. It's just, you know, will he hit that? So you have those four teams. And we have to keep in mind, I think North Texas is going to be the best of those four teams. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know where where do you want to go with this eighth spot? Because I, I'm leaning Rice. You're leaning Rice. I was leaning UTEP. Because I think that you have a Sule Boom. Who I think is 
you know, just uh, just as far as like volume scoring, obviously the best of this bunch. Yeah. Um, not exactly the most efficient, but I think that you have. I think there's still so much untapped potential with somebody like a Jamal B. Enemy. Um, yes, anytime you have anytime you have somebody like that who can handle the ball and initiate, I do think he's going to be the, the initiator of that. I think I think it's UTEP based off what I think, I think the B enemy point sold me. Yeah, because I think Jamal B enemy, I think he could have a have a have a much better year. Yeah. My fear and it's kind of like what I said about Rice is just like we've seen these guys together last year. Sure, and they just didn't get it done. Like they mm-hmm. were just no hundred percent. They all all three of those guys shot poorly, right? They all yeah. shot like under forty percent from the field, which is horrible if you considering what you expect from yeah. kind of that talent. we are comparing you know uh backcourts that are are i think they're all talented but they're not sure. you know at that up at that top seven tier so we are yeah. getting down here a little bit sure uh, i think i would go you because i remember jamal the enemy at oklahoma who was a guy who was who was countered on the play over 20 minutes a game at oklahoma right and i just don't think he's been i think his freshman year he did really well yeah. And then his second year, he I think he had kind of a – I think Devion Harmon also came in that year too, so he kind of fell back in the pecking order a bit. Um, and so I just don't think we've had really a guy put it together, but I think we've seen him go to programs that really do see the talent there. And I think just depth-wise, Keontae Kennedy is just another guy who should yeah, be a lot better in my opinion. Yeah, to have three is also, I think, a little bit of a boost for them. Yeah, um, I'm called UTEP 8. I'm going to okay. say right now I'm going to have – Rice nine, North Texas ten. Okay, Rice nine, North. So no UTA, no UT Arlington. I think I need to. I think I need to see. Well, a, I need to see Javon Levi and David Azor. But yeah. um, B, just based off what you're saying and the stats and everything, I think there's. They need to take a step forward to be yeah. in that, in this top ten. And I think Marjorie's sure. McBride alone, I think, kind of gives North Texas that. Um, that sort of, uh, I don't know, authentic. I don't. He gives them that level of floor that I think this backcourt will be at the very least. I think they're going to be solid. So mm-hmm. the, I think I think one of the things for UTA that definitely hurts is, I think David Azor was better his junior year. Um, I think he did take a step back um, or sophomore year. I can't remember this classifications mean nothing anymore. But two years ago, he was better. Um, two years ago, he was better. And so I did think he took a step back when he became more of the feature player um, next to Shahada Wells. And obviously Shahada Wells is at TCU now. Um, so I do wonder now he's basically the star guy as far as scoring goes. Yeah. Um, and so I do wonder, granted, it might help to have somebody like Javon Levi in helping him. Um and they also do bring in a new, uh, I mean, quote unquote, new coach they promoted from within. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's just, I think similar to why I don't put SMU as high as I wish I had, you know, five games, right? I wish there was five games of film of these guys playing together, yeah. see how it would work just to see exactly. I think the balance is there. I think you have a distributor and a score, right? I think that's perfect. Um, I think you have two solid defenders too. I just do wonder what the ceiling of it is um and granted i think there's some really good backcourts in the state (laughs) it wouldn't shock me that this team that you know these guys get left off in my opinion so yep i mean we're talking out of 24 teams here so um it's gonna be interesting i mean there are other good players and good you know 
potential backcourts out there that we could have included. I think Stephen F. Austin um, with Rody Rody Ware is mm-hmm. a good player, but like who's going to be next to him? I don't right. know. I mean, no offense to Texas A and M fans listening to this podcast. I just didn't don't think Andre Gordon and whoever else, whoever is on that team. I mean, I know yeah. who's on the team, but you know, uh, I just don't think that's really gonna gonna cut it. Sure. Um, UTSA obviously is rebuilding. I think um, one team maybe use somebody like a Sam Houston, uh, Demarcus Lampley. Obviously, he loses Zach Nuttall, but I think Demarcus Lampley is in for a bigish year. I don't think he's gonna have the big year that Zach Nuttall did, um, but he's somebody who is capable of scoring. Obviously, um, I do wonder. I don't know. Would you count Savion Flag in there? He's coming in from AM. Yeah. Um, potentially, he did have a down year last year, so you know who's what. I don't know his ceiling really. Um, or I don't know if it's dropping down to the Southland, which is still a pretty competitive conference. I don't know if that helps him or not. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be that, that's the only question mark, I guess, as far as that's concerned is what, what Savion flag are we going to get, right? Are we going to get the Savion flag that really had people hoping for something from AM last year, or are we going to get the one that kind of actually played last year, which, you know, kind of lost favor with, I don't know if he lost favor with Buzz Williams or not, but just didn't, I think he only started like 10 games or something for them. So yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But the, so let's let's run through it one more time. Um, so did you have Houston at three or TCU at three? I had TCU at three. Okay, okay, good. Okay, I, thought, I, I, I wanted to make sure we had that that at least. Yeah, yeah. I I, I folded on that one. I, I would agree. Tech, TCU three. So it's Tech. Okay, I'm sorry. Texas one. Yes. Second tier, then a tier. I think below. Texas Tech, TCU. Then I had SMU Houston. You had Houston SMU. We settled on SMU Houston. Right. Um, and then uh, Texas State six, Baylor seven, UTEP eight, Rice nine, North Texas ten, and then UTEP yes. ten eleven. I'm, I, I like that list. I like that list. Oh, wow. I like that list a lot. I think that again, like there's so the, the problem with it is that you have somebody like a Texas who just went and got all the guards, like just every single guard, like Devin Askew from Kentucky is going to be like the fourth guard on that yeah. team. So like, you know, um, and then you have a bunch of teams like tech, I think tech's one of them. Houston's one of them. Baylor's one of them where you have like question marks about like, is this guy going to be as good stepping up a level? Right. Like you have question marks about like six men yeah, becoming yeah, exactly UTA. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you have teams that are kind of unfulfilled potential, UTEP, Rice, North Texas, right? Where you're kind of like, oh, I like that. Yeah. I don't know how much I like it, but, um, and so I, that's why I kind of, I'm okay with the TCU pick. I'm okay with the SMU pick because you know, you may not know exactly how it works together, but you know that those guys work. Yeah. And so you know that there are good players, you know, there's talent there. You've seen the talent um, in those cases, you've seen it elsewhere, but I think putting them together is going to, is going to help. So, yeah. Um, I was just looking at TCU's roster. I mean, Micah PV is, is also on the depth chart. I don't think, yeah. he's gonna, I don't know if he's going to start. I don't have him as a starter, but you know, uh, even if he comes off the bench and gives them good minutes at the two or the three, I think that's, sure. that's big for them as well. I'm TCU is another interesting team. I'm just, it's, there's a lot of teams. I just can't wait to see this, this year. So, um, we will do the, uh, probably do the women's backcourt, uh, next mm-hmm. week. Um, get, get into that. Or maybe we could do the women's front court. I think there's a Ooh, be an interesting, interesting case one. for the front court would be, might be more interesting. Yeah. The men's but, don't really have that much of a front court depth as our front court talent as the women. So that might yeah. be an interesting 
Yeah. We'll talk, talk more, more about that. We will see. We will see. But, um, but yeah, that's all we have for y'all today. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DCT basketball, follow Ish on Twitter at Ishmael R Johnson, follow me at Matthew Bruni underscore. Uh, you can check out our work at TexasBasketball.com. Um, keep an eye out or just uh, keep your ears open for any magazine news. We'll have y'all updated on the podcast um, just as the date approaches. We'll have more stuff like this for y'all uh, in the coming weeks uh, before we get into the, the nitty gritty preview stuff for every team in Texas. So we have 24 teams and uh, men's and women's. So 48 teams to cover, I guess, in uh, about a month. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for y'all today. Thank you for joining us. And we'll talk to y'all later.